It's time for JT the Brick. So we are open for business again, everybody. I had a dream that someday we'd have a flagship station with the cooperation of the team and the fans that stream globally. JT the Brick. Are we all on board with that? Because if you're not on board with this, you're going to have to enter a mental asylum. If you're not on board with this, it's going to drive you nuts. Jackpot, baby! And now, here's JT the Brick. JT back with you, hour number two of the show, exciting hour here as we introduce the class of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, an event I've been involved with for years, one of the great Hall of Fames, period, in any community. It's tremendous what they do. Uh, Jim Lambright will join us here in a little bit, and we'll go over the class. Also, Kurt Heelan, NBC's lead basketball insider at Basketball Talk a little bit later on this hour. Earlier today, I was down at the iconic Las Vegas sign as team owner Mark Davis flipped the ceremonial switch, and now the lights on that sign will be black as that was the first event of draft week as the Raiders kicked off draft week along with a bunch of politicians in town and commissioners who have passion for the Raiders. It was a really cool event, really great, and a lot of the Raiders staff were there. Uh, They had an opportunity to leave the facility, come in on the team buses, so people have known intimately for a while were there celebrating this. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for this city. It's a big deal for the draft and the Raiders' connection here. But ever since I went to the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony for the first time a while ago, I don't even remember how far back, I was blown away by the class that they have every year and what they do in the community, and how many icons are present there and get behind this event. Jim Lambright is one of the great people I know in town here, and he is the Hall of Fame's executive director, one of the more respected names in all of sports and business in this community, and he's here with us to announce the class. Jim, great to talk to you, my friend. I hope you're doing well. JC, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. This is fantastic. Tell me about overall the new dollar loan center what this means to have a permanent home and an opportunity to have a house that everybody can call home and go visit and look at all the hall of famers who have already been inducted it's it's by far the biggest thing we've done in our 24 years Uh, we couldn't be more thankful to mr foley and carrie bubles over there with the, the vegas golden knights they they were building this brand new facility over in henderson for the henderson silver knights and and they actually approached us and they said hey how about we build this fantastic arena and allow you guys to put your displays right there for everybody to see it. We were absolutely blown away by, by the opportunity and our board of directors, they, they stepped up, they raised the money. And now we have a permanent hall of fame for the first time in our 24 years. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. I think it was really important too, because of all the support you have from the community and for the kids and everybody in Southern Nevada to go look up to these hall of famers and see the exhibit and all of that. So now that that's happened, that is a great moment. I just want to talk about why this works so well in this community. Whenever I'm there and I'm sitting at a table with my peers in radio or other individuals, and I see an individual getting in, a man or a woman, their entire family's there, the grandparents, the kids. It's such a high honor and so many great names even before this inducted class. It's, it's absolutely, for those of us that are, that are from Las Vegas, we understand that Las Vegas has been and will continue to be the, the sports capital of the world. But what a lot of people don't realize is just how many athletes and, and people that have made an impact in sports have come from Las Vegas. Uh, we have 116 inductees, and we're going to induct six more this year. 
And the, the names just blow people away. We, I mean, you've got, you've got names like Mike Tyson and Floyd Mayweather. Uh, you've, got, you've got the people that are going in this year. You've got Jerry Tartanian. You actually have the, the classes of the UNLV Rebels that have been in. A lot of baseball guys. Just the influential names that we have in our Hall of Fame is absolutely spectacular. And we've kept it, we've kept it fairly, fairly small in, in comparison to the people that come to our events, right? It is, it's a family atmosphere. We're Las Vegas. We're community-based. You know, we don't want it to be a spectacle. We want it to be an, yeah. an opportunity to honor those individuals and all of they've accomplished. Uh, Jim Lambright, kind enough to join us, the Hall of Fame Executive Director. I implore everybody to get tickets and come. We'll tell you about that as the Hall welcomes six deserving individuals. So let's start with the class overall. Two distinguished sure. UNLV athletes and Glenn Gondrzyk and Ryan Ludwig. Tell us about them and how happy and proud they are. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's amazing. You know, first of all, Ryan. I mean, Ryan is, is one of the, the, the most recognized UNLV baseball players to ever come out of the program. I mean, he, he's, he graduated from Durango High School. Uh, went on to play at UNLV and, and is in the top three years. His batting average is home runs still rank one of the highest of uh, the athletes that have graduated from there. Uh, but then he went on to uh, Major League Baseball, right? He went off in the, the second round in 99, went and played for the, the Oakland A's. So mm-hmm. maybe there's something there to be said. Uh, and then went on to uh, 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 actually here. Here's a fun fact. This is something I have written down here. I wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's, he's actually he bats right-handed and throws left-handed. Right. And he holds the single season record for the most home runs uh, in that type of position. So super, super <laughs> cool fact about, about Ryan Ludwig. If you ever have, if you ever have that come up in trivia, um, and then of course uh, uh, Glenn Gondrzyk. Uh, you know, unfortunately he passed away back in 2009. Uh, so we've been working direct with his uh, uh, with his mm-hmm. family uh, to receive the honor. And, and and Gondo was you know one of the most just memorable UNLV basketball players to uh, to really play for that program. Uh, he was one of Jerry Tarkanian's first uh, first recruits. Um, he finished as the 16th leading scorer uh, with 1,300 points, and then of course, you know, helped lead the uh, the Rebels to the first Final Four appearance. Um, he's he's kind of known JT as mm-hmm. the, as the guy that created scrambles. He loved uh, chasing down loose balls and and running into Dick Calvert there over at the scorers table. So just, I mean, not only a, a great individual, but just super exciting to watch play. Jim Lambright is our guest. Let's keep going here with some of the other inductees coming up here. Larry Brown, who dedicated his life to public service and his minor league baseball uh, background as a pitcher. Tell us about that. Yeah, for sure. Larry Brown, most people know him as, as, uh, as Commissioner Larry Brown from the Clark County Commission, but, mm-hmm. and he spent 24 years in local politics. But, you know, he, what a lot of people don't know is he was a, he was a really good baseball player. He, uh, he graduated uh, uh, top honors out of Harvard and went on to play in the minor leagues uh, for minor league baseball and ended his pitching career here in Las Vegas, pitching the last two seasons for the, for the Las Vegas Stars. And uh, loved Las Vegas, had his family here, moved here, and Really, that's what started his career as a politician was with his kids. He was having a hard time finding open space parks for his kids to go play sports. So he really dedicated his entire political career to establishing some of the finest parks in the, in the nation for youth sports. I mean, so his name is, his name is behind Betty Wilson, Kellogg's Air, uh, Darling Tennis Center, uh, Doc Romeo Park. Uh, there's actually over two dozen parks that he helped facilitate throughout his, his career. And, and with us being so involved with, with youth sports, uh, Larry Brown is a, is a shoe-in for, for this induction. Fantastic. It's the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame class of 2022. We've been involved with it for years. We love this show this day so we can announce the class, the enshrinement, on June 17th. 
Boomer Sooner. My son goes to Oklahoma now. He's a junior. And DeMarco Murray. What a running back here. What a great player. His career at Gorman and what he's done in Southern Nevada. This is a big marquee NFL name coming in. They, they, the big play threat, right? Like he, yeah. could, he could score from literally anywhere. Dating back to high school at Bishop Gorman to his days at Oklahoma. And then, of course, uh, you know, where he's, he's most well known with the, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the guy was, the guy was just a big play threat. I mean, he, he'd get the ball and he could just score touchdowns from any place on the field. And, and he's, you know, and not only that, but he, he was all academic. So he's a, you know, he's a smart guy as he went through, went through high school and college. So he's, he's put his efforts into, uh, into play now. And he went back to his uh, alma mater and he's now coaching, coaching the running backs in, uh, in Oklahoma. Incredible. His, his run and what he's done here. I know, you know since he's played high school ball here to that great college career, fantastic. And as we wrap this up, a couple of other interesting names. When it comes to the National Finals Rodeo, Sean Davis and his background here turning this into a spectacle. Let's talk about Sean. Yeah, Sean Davis is probably one of the most unrecognized persons in, in the general public circle that's going in this year. But Sean Davis spent 30 years as the general manager of the National Finals Rodeo. And as we all know, that's 10 days sold-out rodeo here in Las Vegas. And, and what Sean is known for within the rodeo circles, while he was president of the PRCA, the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, uh, he was the deciding vote to move the NFR from Oklahoma City to Las Vegas. So this man is credited what we've been able to enjoy and to see for the past 30 years in Las Vegas and and. As every one of your listeners knows, the National Finals Rodeo turns this city into a cowboy town for 10 days in December. And it's a much-needed event here in our city. And when mm-hmm. it wasn't here during the pandemic, it, we felt it. And we're so happy to have the NFR back. We couldn't be more happy to, to induct Sean Davis into our Hall of Fame this year. We're wrapping it up with the Executive Director of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, Jim Lambright, kind enough to join us to announce the class. And then Amy Purdy. Wow, what a big name there. And what a courageous athlete. Everyone needs to hear this story. JT, if I'm, if I'm not allowed to have favorites, right? But mm-hmm. if, I, if I were, Amy would be top of the list. I mean, the, her story is remarkable. Uh, I hope everybody gets to come see her give her story because I will not be able to do it justice. She speaks it so much better than I ever could. But she's, she's a native of Las Vegas. She graduated Cimarron High School, um, born and raised here, went to high school here, grew up snowboarding up at Lee Canyon, you know, normal, uh, normal high school, high schooler growing up. When she was 19, she contracted bacterial meningitis, and, and what that meant for her was that she, she unfortunately lost both of her legs below the knee, um, and on top of that, she had to have a kidney transplant. So 21 years old, uh, bacterial meningitis, lost both legs, and a kidney transplant. You'd think, man, that's, you know, that's a tough life, but she went ahead and created something for herself and for other individuals that, that, that any of us would strive to become. She, she co-founded an adaptive action sports uh, company out of Boulder, Colorado, to introduce um, other kids with those disabilities to the sport of uh, you know, snowboarding and, and downhill skiing and skateboarding, BMX. Uh, she was, she was a, believe this or not, she was a three-time Paralympic medalist. Um, and then she's, uh, some places that you might have seen her, she's, a, she's starring on The Amazing Race mm-hmm. as one of the participants. She was a, a finalist with Dancing with the Stars. And if, if you haven't seen her with the Paralympics, with Dancing with the Stars, with Amazing Race, you've probably seen her on her TED Talks or her social media uh, platforms uh, promoting her message of live lively. I mean, she's a, an inspiring individual to the, to the nth degree. 
She's one of the most inspiring athletes, period. The Dancing with the Stars platform was huge for her. So, Jim, as we wrap this up, tell us all about this, how we can plan ahead, get tickets. I'll be pounding this and talking to all these guests individually like we always do every year, but I want to make sure everybody puts this on their calendar and has an opportunity to buy a ticket. The silent auction is always amazing, and I think it's one of the great rooms. Now with the Raiders here and the Golden Knights here, it's one of the great rooms I've ever been in. I'm seeing Mike Ditka's event in Chicago next month at Gridiron Greats, and I'd put this right there, if not bigger than it, because when you think of Southern Nevada, Las Vegas, this is the who's who that night. It's the biggest event in town. Absolutely, and thank you, thank you for those kind words. Uh, the event takes place June 17th. It will be held at our, our new home at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, uh, where the Henderson Silver Knights play. Uh, again, June 17th. Tickets, you can find them on sale at our website, it's snshf.com. So snshf.com. Uh, it will sell out. It sells out every single year. Uh, mm-hmm. Tickets and uh, tickets and tables are still available uh, as of right now. Uh, but if you do want to come participate, see these uh, six individuals get inducted, you know, I highly suggest get on the website today. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate the time. All the best. I'll talk Stay to you see. soon. Thank you, sir. You got it. There he is, Jim Lambright. Appreciate that. It's the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Last couple of years in a row, they've called on me on this show to introduce their class they put out the press release today it was great that we were able to get them on the show today it's a super event there were times where i'm sitting down mike pritchard who's on our channel all the time he's in that hall of fame and greg maddox and dana white floyd mayweather the knight tyson got in kurt bush kyle bush i'm talking big names get into this and then there's always local athletes and you hear a story about a local athlete from 30 years ago who went on to do something special in the community Real proud to be associated with it. It's the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame 2022 class. The enshrinement is June 17th, and we hope everybody can go to the website, as he said, and be a part of that. We'll be tweeting that out along the way. So I mentioned the Yankees' behavior. We're going to get to the NBA. Kurt Heelan joins us at the bottom of the hour. We haven't had any time yet to open up the phones. Let's do it now. If you're a Raider fan, expectations this week. When you're getting into town, where are you going? We got a huge remote. I think it's going to be great because the location is unbelievable. We'll be at uh, Cafe Americano, which is right outside Caesars. It's indoors, outdoors, right not too far from the street. So if you're going to get there early and it's the draft at 5 o'clock, I think you want to be there around noon or 1, come out for our radio show, have a couple of Modellos. It's brought to you by Modellos, and you'll be there. You stop by, see the show. We got a couple of guests there, and then you can kind of cruise on. And do your thing if you're a Raiders season ticket holder, club holder, and you're going to the Raiders party. We'll be live on the air from 3 to 5. It'll be myself along with Eric Allen, the former six-time Pro Bowler, and Jason Fitz from ESPN. Uh, We have Tim Brown scheduled to join us and Charles Woodson live from the draft party on top of Dre's on top of Cromwell. What a location that was. Three years ago, tonight, in 2019, as the Raiders were coming to Vegas, to start their birth, that party there was one I'll never forget. So we got some cool stuff lined up. I know Vinny Bonsignor is going to be out at TI. I know Q is all over town. No one works harder than Q on this channel. And we're going to be there from morning all the way to night, from Clay in the morning all the way through Vinny as we wrap it up. And if there is a breaking news trade, we'll have it for you. I'm going in there prepared, everybody, like I always do. But I'm not counting on the Raiders having a pick. So I was there, you know, that party at 2019 – a quick story, I think I've mentioned it. I'm sitting there backstage with Nicole Zalumis and Marcel Reese, and I had my draft guide with me. It's right in my hand now. And they took Cleveland Farrell, 
with the first pick for the Raiders at number four. And a couple of people who were working with headsets on, you know, people behind the scenes, behind the stage. He said, JT, you have to get up there. And who is this? Talk about him. I said, I got this. Did anybody watch Clemson other than me? I watched Clemson. Clemson played in the national championship. He was the best defensive player. I knew who he was. I had no idea that he was going number four. Nobody did. There wasn't a rumor he was going number four. So cue me. I walked up on stage. Pretty quiet room. Pretty quiet room. No one really knew anything about Cleveland Farrell at the time. I had a handful of notes I read off, told everybody's Clemson, national championship, hoorah, we got all this. And uh, I went backstage after that and said, whoa, that was an interesting pick. Nobody had it. Like, no top mock draft, 1 to 20, had him going there. He was projected as a late first-round pick. And Clee's still on the team. And I bumped into him at Resorts World a couple of weeks ago and wished him well. He looked fit and strong and big smile like he has. And hopefully this new change of scenery when it comes to a new coach and a new GM could help him. Because if it doesn't help him and get his game to the next level, he won't be here. And he could be here. He could have a breakout year if he makes the team. He, he knows where he's set financially with the team, how much money would be owed to him in a, in a fifth-year option, option pickup. And obviously he hasn't lived up to that hype. But there's been other players in NFL history that haven't started off quickly and developed into great players. Good guy. Big character guy. Guy who's come from a big program. And that's when the Raiders' philosophy was going Alabama-Clemson. Clemson-Alabama. Will that change? I don't know. I don't know what Dave Ziegler likes. Is Dave Ziegler going to like a small school guy, big school guy, undrafted guy? Don't know. We're going to see him in action with the third-round pick unless they're able to trade some picks together, either draft picks or players, and move up. Reports are they will not trade Baker Mayfield. Uh, Seattle will not trade for him. They're going to wait. Uh, My son was at Oklahoma this weekend for the induction of Baker Mayfield's Hall of Fame statue. Big ceremony. They had the largest spring game game crowd in America at Oklahoma. Also, congratulations to UNLV. They had their spring game, and a pretty good crowd showed up over at Allegiant Stadium, which is really good. Bobby, check if the phones work today. Everybody's sleeping but me. It's Monday of the NFL draft. So let's get this going, 702-365-9200. Or maybe everybody just wants to podcast the Raider draft. We're picking players. We're picking positions. We're talking about great moments. We have three more Raider guests on this week, former draft picks, to get them on here and talk about their draft day experience. Thanks again to the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. The class of 2022 will be inducted on June 17th. This is brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. In the hood, we call this a punk move. You know, when things are going good, yeah, I'm going to play in game four. Chuck said it. You could have played on Saturday, you could have played on Monday. Now that they lost, my back hurt. Well, if your back hurt, get some icy hot outside Ben is getting to the point now where your teammates are like, yo, man, did this dude want to play basketball? It ha- clearly it happened in Philly. And now it's happening like, yo, man, we need something. We need something. Because remember they were saying like, we gonna give us 20 minutes. Remember that, Kenny? Last week. He gonna give us 20, like, yo, man, try to give me 20 minutes. And if you go out there and you can't play, we're like, hey, man, thanks for trying. 
That is Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley on TNT. The big story in sports today with the NBA is Ben Simmons won't be able to play tonight, or he's deciding not to play game four for Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's on the verge of elimination. And it's a big deal, everybody, because of a lot of reasons. First off, Ben Simmons is one of the highest-paid players in the league, and he's never available. And he's not available because of mental issues and physical issues. But as Chuck and uh, Shaq said, he was ready to play. He was telling everybody he was on pace to give it a go. So if you're not available, see, the problem in sports today in the NBA, which is not a football problem, and I know this because working for the Raiders and seeing it up close over the years, football players try to play through injury. They really do. You can have a football player who has you know, an injury and they'll play through it. Baker Mayfield did that last year. He had a, his non-throwing shoulder. He had surgery on it at the end of the year. He played multiple games with it. He could have shut it down. That's why I think they did Baker dirty because he played hurt. And he played hurt and tried to help his team win. But Ben Simmons won't do that. Ben Simmons just will not play. And the team needs him. And it's a desperate time for them because they're down 0-3. And if he's not going to play, then he's just quitting on the team. And people have a difficult time wondering. I never criticize athletes who are injured. Why would I? I I don't know what it's like to be a pro athlete and play injured. If you're injured and you can't play, you can't play. But if you tell everybody you're close and you're about to play and everybody knows you can play and you don't, then you lose your teammates. So he's lost everybody there. James Harden quit on that team. I'll tell you, I've never seen Kevin Durant get dominated so badly the way he's getting dominated by Boston. Boston decided to go physical on Kevin Durant. At the start of the series, Emi Adoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, decided to tell his team, let's start giving him elbows, let's push him, let's get him on the ground, let's make it difficult for him, and it has worked. And now Kevin Durant's head is gone. And I believe his head is gone because he plays with Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving wasn't available all season long because he didn't get vaccinated. The reason why Brooklyn's in this bad spot, I continue to tell you, is because Kyrie Irving chose not to get vaccinated for COVID-19 when the majority of the players in the league, I mean, the 98% of them did. Most of them wouldn't have gotten vaccinated, probably, unless they were told they weren't going to be allowed to play. So they decided to do it for their teams. And that's not happening now. I want you to listen to Kyrie Irving on this gelling together comment because he's getting a lot of heat for this because he's the reason why the team hasn't had any time to gel together. In terms of our spirit, I think being in the what we call the trenches or being in a series like this with guys that, um, you know, we, we're all just trying to gel. And, and usually you're gelling around the right time and that, that team in the other locker room is gelling at the right time. They've been gelling since Christmas. Uh, so for us, we we're, we're just in a in a new experience uh, as a group, and and we just got to respect that and just you know bring everything we can to this next game and and just do one possession at a time. You know, I don't want to be too cliche, but I don't have a lot of answers for how you make up time. You know, from October until now, when you know usually teams would be gelling and things would be feeling good. Um, you know, you could put it on me. Uh, in terms of playing better, controlling the game better, controlling our possessions, being more in a stance, not turning the ball over as much. Um, I have five fouls tonight. Um, so you could put it on me uh, more of just, you know, just doing more, you know, and holding the guys accountable. Same way I'm held accountable. When Kyrie Irving said that, Stephen, A's, Stephen A. Smith's head almost popped on television, almost exploded. He went off on him for, for having the balls to say that gelling together 
He wasn't available because he wasn't vaccinated. The team had a, a poor seed. That's why they're losing. I want you to listen to Kevin Durant, basketball town here. Listen to how defeated Kevin Durant sounds down 3 nothing in the series. In my mind, I'm just trying to see how I can help everyone, how I can. Sometimes I end up taking myself out the game, you know. And for Steve Nash, the head coach, I think he's a terrible coach. I don't think he's a great motivator. I don't think he's a good X's and O coach. And now they're trying to be the first team to come back down 3 nothing in a series. NBA history says no team has come back from down 3 and 0. Just what's the message to your guys now facing this test that no one else has completed? Just character. It's about our character now, about digging deep and having pride and finding a way over the next 48 hours to come back ready to win on Monday night. So that's it for them. I think, you know, they should show up and, and be able to compete tonight. But this is going to be fabulous. Like last night, the San Jose Sharks, we let off the show here. The Sharks were down 4 2 to the Golden Knights. They're in Vegas. Their season's over. They're not in the playoffs. They didn't have a lot to play for, but their hatred of the Golden Knights is so strong that they wanted to compete. And by competing, they scored a goal at the buzzer, at the horn, with no time left and eventually won the game in a shootout. They put themselves in the arena to win. Tonight we get a chance to see that with Brooklyn, which is really fascinating to me. The difference between a team that plays hard for their fans or quits. So you're going to hear a lot of that talk tonight. If they get beat by 10, 20 points... They're going to run that franchise out. And they don't have any fans. Brooklyn doesn't have any fans. Everybody in New York's a Knicks fan. Or they're a fan of a favorite player. There's a lot of Boston fans that live in New York. So this is going to be an ugly potential situation tonight. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe tonight Brooklyn comes out and plays their best game of the year. If they're able to do that, that would be shocking to me. So that'll be a big game tonight. We'll cover that tomorrow. There is a trade in the draft, and it involves the Patriots. So Adam Schefter is reporting, and, you know, you wonder what type of trades we're going to see coming in here. Adam Schefter reporting 31 minutes ago. Patriots dealt their fifth-round pick to the Texans for their sixth- and seventh-round picks. Also, Adam Schefter reported an hour ago that the 49ers picked up Nick Bosa's fifth-year option. Not that there was ever a doubt of that. So I just mentioned Cleland Farrell, who's not going to have his fifth-year option picked up. And Nick Bosa is going to and did because he's a great player. John Lynch said, quote, I can't even imagine wanting to move on from Debo Samuels. He's just too good of a player. That comes in from the 49ers about an hour ago. More on Debo and what happens here at this point. So Debo has got to figure out what he's going to be able to do here because he wants out and the Niners don't want him to go. Why would the Niners want them to go? So a lot of uh, movement here, a lot of people talking about potential trades. Will the Raiders be involved in the trade? Yeah, I think the Raiders will be involved in the trade. I just don't think it'll be a first-round trade. Uh, Ron's in Henderson. Thanks for calling in, Ron. Appreciate you. Hey, what's up, JT? So uh, I'll be there on Thursday. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited for this, you know, because COVID came in and swept the Mm. whole world under its tongue. (laughs) So, you know, I've been waiting for two years for this. As a Vegas local, you know, I'm, 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 I'm excited, you know. I'll be dressed in black, you know, head to toe, mm-hmm. screaming Raiders every chance I get. You know, every every 20 feet, you got to let them know, JT. you got to let these people know that this is a Raider town. So are you planning on going down? Are you planning on, are you planning oh, yeah. on going down to the stage yes, sir. Yes, sir. to be there. down there where all that that happened? Oh, yeah. Good. I'll, I'll run a muck, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying myself, and I hope all my brothers and sisters are out there, too, you know. we got to rep, rep hard. You know, let them know. Let these people know. You know, I, I did it for the Pro Bowl, too, you know. 
as soon as I walked inside a legion, I, I had my big Raiders chain. Everybody looked at me crazy, but they didn't even know. But they're going to know. Well, we're going to be there. We're going to be there from noon to two at Cafe Americana. Please come by. Let me shake your hand. Everybody who's there, I'd love to have a Modelo with you. So if you get a chance, Ron, we're there from noon to two on Thursday. Start off your party with us. Let's go Raiders, Jason. Thank you, Ron. And, you know, he mentioned the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl was weird, really weird. I mean, the Raiders, again, it's the Pro Bowl, just like this. It's an NFL event. It's not so much a Raider event. The Raiders happen to be the host city. I sat down for the Pro Bowl, and I was with another couple and my wife, and after the first two minutes of the game, other than Max Crosby, I was like, oh, my God, no one's playing. No one's tackling. They're not even playing two-hand touch. That was a massive buzzkill. Everybody I looked around was kind of in shock. They, I mean, it's, you knew it wasn't going to be physical, but that was a bit disappointing to me. Allegiant looked great. Max played well. There are a couple of highlights there, but overall, it was almost like a charade. The first five minutes of the game, everybody looked around. You saw better competition at a high school football field where they were playing football and tackling. There was no tackling here. So that was disappointing. NFL draft is more of a party, and we're going to have a great party. Vegas throws great parties, and man, there's a few of them lined up. We want to know what your party is, what we can help you promote, where you're going to be. I'll call in all week on Raider Nation Radio at 702-365-9200. All right, now joining us is our NBA insider. Good to get him because it's the busiest time of the year for him. From NBC Sports, their lead contributor, Kurt Heelan, kind enough to join us. And Kurt, before you came on, I was just mentioning Ben Simmons. We played Shaq and Barkley eviscerating him. Have you ever covered a story in your career as unique as Ben Simmons? I, I can't remember anything where a guy sat out a season. I Across any sport like this, just leverage-wise, I mean, there was the era of, like, what, you know, the Manning, Peyton Manning and stuff, like, I'm not going to play in certain markets where they got drafted in the NFL. And, and there was some of that, but I've never seen anything like this where the guy – was able to sit out an entire season, essentially forced the trade he wanted, but then hasn't played for and will not play, it looks like, for his new team. I, It's kind of stunning. I don't know. That, that back issue has got to be, if it's, first off, it's got to be concerning, and then you've got to wonder. It was some interesting phrasing when you talk to people around the Nets and then even from you know, Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN. Where like, basically, they're like, well, he says his back hurts, so we're going to take his word for it. It might. But, like, you can start to tell the trust is he's going to have to earn some trust back, man. Yeah, what's interesting is I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he has a back issue. It could be soreness. The question yeah. becomes that he was, he was been, he's been brought along in these four-on-four workouts, and all indications are he's ready to go or he's close to go, and then he has back soreness. With the back soreness, Shouldn't he be able to get treatment and play 10 minutes? We're not looking for the guy to play 34 minutes here in game four. We're looking to see if he can go out there, suit up, and inspire his team. That's about inspiration. We're not asking him to be Willis Reed in the finals. We're asking him to show his team that he's there for him and try to give it a go. And that's why I wonder how this is going to play in that locker room because every other guy there has soreness, right? Like, there is right. no way at this point in the season, even Kyrie Irving who only played, you know, with 29 games or whatever it was in the regular season. Like, everybody's banged up. Everybody's a little bit sore. You're playing through, at this point in the year, every guy out there is playing through a sore this and a bruised that, and you're just fighting through the, the bits of pain because that's 
you're a competitor. You want to be out there. You want to be part of this. So expecting to be a hundred percent, I just, again, I just, if it's just soreness, you've got to fight through a little bit and it makes you, it, it brings it, the thing is in his case, JT, in this case in particular, it brings you straight back to the last time we saw play him play a game right in Philadelphia, passing up the dunk and everything that was wrong with that game. And you just begin to, you begin to question the competitive fire. You, how much is he about this? Like how much does he really want this? Or is he one of those guys who's, he's tall and athletic and he can put in the work, but he doesn't love it and doesn't want to be out there. And isn't that kind of competitor. Um, maybe he is, but, Going back to going back to LSU and how that ended and how things ended in Philly and now this, it's it's fair to question it. Kurt Heelan is our guest. I just wanted to be on the record to say this before anybody, and if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. I think he might retire. If he gets this money and he gets this money, he's got enough money to retire. I mean, he's that generationally rich with that ridiculous early contract he had. I, I'm, I'm seeing him closer to quitting and retiring than to want to grind it out and play basketball. Yeah, it, I, he clearly doesn't I, – I don't know, I shouldn't say quit. I just, to me, I'm with you in the, in the idea that I just don't see the fight in him. I just don't see the, the desire and push through. And by the way, this all leaves the Nets in a weird position now because they got to sign Kyrie this offseason. And I mean, how many years do you want to commit to Kyrie Irving right now, JT? Well, Stephen A. said something really good, and it's gotten, it got viral quickly, that he wouldn't give him any more than a one-year contract. And I find that interesting because a player of Kyrie's status is going to get a big contract, as always. And the COVID issue shouldn't be an issue going forward, obviously. But I, I think that Durant's mind isn't right. Kyrie bailed on the team the entire year, and now Simmons won't play. This is a big, big problem. What type of contract do you think Kyrie could get? I think that they're going to try to line him up with Durant, who signed a four-year extension. So he's got, I think it's four years after this one, um, 2026, I believe. I, I, my guess is that they'll try to line them up. Durant, I don't know about you, I'm not worried about him coming back being himself, right? Like He struggled in this series, which, by the way, gives some credit to Jason Tatum, who's been a breakout star in the playoffs so far, and it's been fantastic on both ends. But I'm not worried about Durant coming back and being Durant. But even if you get good Irving, you know he's going to take two weeks off in the middle of the season again. And they just, I don't, do you put a, can you, can you get him to agree to a, a games played incentive in there or something? Like, I don't know what else you have to do to get him to be, all in and and make that make basketball the biggest prior or a big priority in his life because I I'm I'm not sure if he's there and then I don't know what to do with him it's like he's under contract and he just forced his way out and I don't know how you motivate him I'm not sure what drives him right now Kurt Heelan is our guest so knowing Devin Booker's not coming out what have you seen with the Pelicans that give them a chance to win the series or do you like Phoenix going home and having the next two out of three at home I still like Phoenix. I still think that they've got the ability to look, they've been there. They've done that. They've got, I mean, Chris Paul had a rough night and only had what, four points, but I believe they're, I believe they can put it together and have they'll win two out of two out of three, but they're not the same team without Devin Booker. And, and they, in the regular season, they were able to kind of still get wins when he was out or when Chris Paul was out, 
But in the playoffs against a Pelicans team that's got talent and is boy that CJ McCollum trade has just he has proven to be the emotional the in the locker room glue that that team needed. I remember just think back to All Star Game, JT, and you and I were having conversations about what kind of where's what's up with Zion Williamson and what's wrong with this franchise and and he's not even around and he hasn't even talked to anybody and now. They just coalesced. Just having that kind of leader of men in the locker room. Now, you know, Zion's not playing, but at least he's around um, and and part of this. They're coming together, and you look at them going forward with you know Herb Jones and, and Brandon Ingram and a young group, and you're thinking, man, they, if Zion really does come back, they could be something. It's incredible. Kurt Heelan is our guest. Uh, I love Miami now. Miami's got to be looking at the Warriors and maybe thinking they're going to match up with them. They know Phoenix is in trouble here, and they're looking at the rest of these. Boston looks incredible. Uh, Tell me about Miami and Jimmy Butler. Have you noticed that drastic of a change with him now being full alpha in the postseason and taking over games? He's got that in him, doesn't he? He's got that, that Kawhi Leonard has that same thing where, like, Jimmy Butler's good in the regular season, and Kawhi Leonard is, you know, all NBA still in the regular season. But there are certain players who get in those moments and have another gear, and this is what they've needed all season. Their half-court offense most of the season, which you, which is critical in the playoffs because you just can't run as much defenses or people aren't turning the ball over, and you're, you're, you just don't get the easy buckets the same way. Their half-court offense was okay. It was middle of the pack. But Jimmy Butler, like he did in the bubble, is capable of lifting that to much higher heights. And now he's got, you know, once Kyle Lowry gets back from his injury, uh, they've got Tyler Hero who can do some shot creation. Suddenly, they're a much more dangerous team when Jimmy's playing like this. They obviously can defend. They are obviously deep. Um, you know, they've got Bam Adebayo in the middle. I I like them a lot. I'm, I know a lot of, you know, I had um, – we did a whole looking at the playoffs as gambling podcast. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, the heat, man, everybody's sleeping on them. They were like five, they were like the fourth or fifth choice. Right. Right. And that's a good, there, there was good value there and they're making it look really good. Cause I think they match up way better with Philadelphia. Joel Embiid is going to find Bam out of bio much tougher than anything he's seen in the last series, man. Um, it's, it's, it, it, Philly's playing well, but Miami's a whole nother level. Uh, speaking of Philly, anything you can add on James Harden, where his conditioning is, what what he is hearing from the coaching staff, what he needs to do going forward to get himself going and be a dominant player like everybody expects? I have heard from people all season long who have uh, scouts and other people around the league who have kind of, kind of said this is who James Harden is now, or at least mm-hmm. seems to be this year. Maybe... Maybe he could have a Chris Paul, I'm going to go vegetarian, you know, awakening of, of another level of conditioning. But that's really not who James Harden is then. James Harden is, as a person, kind of, he, look, he puts in the work. But he's burned that candle at both ends. He is not explosive anymore. He is not or as explosive. I mean, peak James Harden in Houston, yeah, it got annoying to watch all the fouls, JT, like in the, in the trips yeah. to the free throw line. But he was getting to the line, right? Like he was getting to the basket and getting fouled. And now he's just hitting, she's shooting step back jumpers. He is not blown by anybody. He is not taking advantage of mismatches the same way. Um, and that's going to come back to bite them. They, they need a better James Harden than they've got. 
against Miami and all their switchable long defenders, it's not going to be that easy. Um, they're going to need more out of him, and I don't know that he's capable of it right now. I don't know. I don't know that this James Harden. Is, I think what we what we see is what we get with him right now. I'll wrap it up with Kurt Heel, and finally, overall, the product. Even though we got injuries here, Luca Booker, yeah. the injury was a big topic for you and I throughout the course of the year. I think it's delivering. I like what I'm seeing from New Orleans. I love what I'm seeing from Dallas in the Utah series. Uh, just like we always predict, when the playoffs come, even with injuries, teams are going to play their butt off, and the intensity is always going to be there. Yeah, and it's, it has been an entertaining product. Even, you know, we look, the one series that could still be a sweep, that Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn yeah. and Boston, that's been an entertaining series, man. Going down to that first game with, with Jason Tatum's game winner and, and all the way through it, it's been an entertaining playoff so far, and I think. Once we get through the first round and into the second round, it's going to get really interesting on both sides because uh, the teams that are left, there's not necessarily one standout where you're like, man, this is the team everybody – there's no 2017 Warriors out there to catch, man. Like Everybody's, everybody's got flaws. There's going to be, it's going to get interesting. Take care, my friend. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Always appreciate you. Anytime. Take care, JT. Thank you, Kurt. Kurt healing everybody. And everything he just covered there, everything we're talking about comes down to tonight with Ben Simmons, Durant, Kyrie. If they're out in the first round and they don't win a game and the Lakers didn't make the playoffs and they don't win a game, that's one of the biggest failures I've seen in my career in sports talk. A lot of people had the Lakers and the Nets playing in the NBA Finals and neither one of the franchises would have won a playoff game. Shocking to me. But that's what happens in sports. From time to time in sports, you get shocked out of nowhere. Something happens, you don't expect it. That's the NBA story this year. Now with Devin Booker out and hurt for Phoenix, they're in a battle, a huge battle with New Orleans. And Utah and Dallas is going to be a tough series. Starting to look like Miami, everybody's going to win the title. Miami and Jimmy Butler are playing better than anybody else, that's for sure. G-Money in Vegas as we kick off draft week. Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Hey, thanks a lot. You know, I think uh, it'll be a big mistake not to uh, uh, draft Trayvon Williams' first pick. Uh, Hutchinson's okay. I think he's a little bit weak. He comes from a lot of money. I don't think he has the hunger that uh, Williams has uh, when they play. Did you the reason why yeah, I'm the surprised. Reason. Let, me, let me interrupt you for a second. You said Aiden Hutchinson isn't hungry. I mean, come on, dude. I watched most of those Michigan games. He was shot out of a – what was the difference between him and Bosa? You know, Nick Bosa came after his brother Joey Bosa made the NFL and made millions of dollars in a rookie deal, and Nick Bosa played pretty hard and is better than Joey Bosa. He played well, but the only reason why he played good in that Ohio State game is because they played in a blizzard. If they would have been able to pass to the, the three NFL wideouts that they have, they would have, they would have blown them away. Uh, I think he's overrated. Well, the three edge rushers could go first. I have our lad scouting service in front of me. They have Aiden Hutchinson, one, Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, two, and then Trayvon Walker, the edge out of Georgia, three. So you want to take Walker, one. You think him going to Jacksonville solidifies them? Lots younger, bigger, uh, faster, and, uh, yeah, and a lot more hungrier than, than uh, because from a family with a lot of money, okay. I get your phone's breaking up. I got to run, my friend. I I couldn't disagree with you more by saying he comes from a family with money. Come on, come on. I mean, Peyton Manning came from Archie Manning. He was an NFL player. We didn't say that about him. I'm not saying millions of you know a billionaire or millions of dollars. You know, I, I don't care that Aiden Hutchinson's family's successful. The guy, 
I disagree with you. I watched a lot of his games. I thought he was a great elite player. He almost won the Heisman Trophy as a defensive player. And other than Charles Woodson, that doesn't happen. But I appreciate you calling your shot here. There's some great players. Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama. Ikem, I, I think that Ikewanu is a great player out of NC State. And Kyle Hamilton, a 6'4", lean safety, who can ball hawk and tackle out of Notre Dame. But I, I think that that's an interesting board. I wouldn't, as of today, I would pick Trayvon Walker number one. I don't think Detroit would pass on Aiden Hutchinson. And then the Jets at number three. I like Evan Neal out of Alabama. We'll be giving out more picks the next couple of days with our mock draft experts. If you improve the way you've been improving, do you think four, game four, is reasonable to think that that might be in play? No, I think it's reasonable to think that. But it's day-to-day. I can't tell you, you know, definitely game four, game three. If I could play right now, I'd be on the court, you know. So it is what it is. That's Ben Simmons who's digging himself a big hole. The standout at LSU came into the league. A brilliant defender. Very good player. And then everything's deteriorated. He's playing in Brooklyn, and that is New York media last I looked. JT, back with you. All week, want to remind you, Thursday we'll be live at Cafe Americano. That's right at Caesars Palace on the outside. It's an indoor-outside restaurant. It's been fantastic. We walked the property the other day. Really cool spot to start your day off of the draft. Like everything in Vegas, we say get there early. Not so much for our remote. Get there when you can between noon and 2. But get down to the strip early for the draft on Thursday. You don't want to be dealing with traffic and figuring out where you're going to park and how you're going to get there around 4 or 5 o'clock. No shot. So leave early, and we think we got a great spot for you to kick back with us, courtesy of Modelo, the Fighting Spirit. They're a great partner of ours. want to also thank M Resort Spa and Casino for everything they do for me. Remy Martin, Grimaldi's, our great friends. Local Labor's Union 872. Tommy White's going to join us on Thursday, too. We'll either have him there live or on the phone, and Tommy's a big part of that. There's a great cover story today or Sunday in the paper. Mark Anderson, who we have on every other Monday, he wrote an article, Vegas Rising Away from Phoenix, Breaking Arizona's Grip on Sports. Phenomenal column. We'll talk to Mark Anderson about that next time he joins us. Vegas Golden Knights are on the brink of elimination. They put themselves there. They got to figure it out. It does not look good. I'll be pulling for them down to the wire, but... Hard to believe they're going to be able to get a miracle this way. It starts with Dallas tomorrow. Uh, check me out tonight on Sirius XM 82 from 7 to 10. And it's draft week. Thanks to everybody who included me today at the Raider event on the strip at the iconic Vegas sign. Hey, I'd go down to that fabulous Las Vegas sign as they turned it silver and black. Take a picture with your friends and family with Raider gear on. Thanks to Bobby who put the show together. Q and to Vinny. Have a great day, everybody.